Thank you for being here. Isn't it great to have just the body of Christ together celebrating the greatest miracle in existence? Jesus Christ is alive. The resurrection of Jesus proves that with God nothing is impossible. The resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that your future is secure. The resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that any work of the enemy in your life is defeated. The resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that you are free from guilt and shame, that you are made holy and right with God. Amen. Can we celebrate Jesus for a, a moment? Thank you, Lord. That means clap your hands. That's code for. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you are faithful. Have you ever... Have you ever tried to stop a flood? I mean, in Durban, that would be really great right now. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would stop that flooding. But have you ever tried in your own efforts to stop a flood? Andrew and I once had a, a municipal water pipe burst outside our house. And we were like downhill from that pipe. And literally torrents, thousands of liters came pouring into our house. I mean, we tried everything. We put towels in the way. We did everything. There was nothing that was going to stop that water. It was coming through our house, and praise God for insurance, that's all I can say. But it, it tore through our house. It tore through our neighbor's house. The poor guys who were at the bottom of the hill, I mean, it just flooded their house. They, they, were just, they had to evacuate. But it made me realize that you just can't stop a flood. If a flood's happening, a flood's happening. Yeah. 2,000 years ago, a flood happened. A good flood. Jesus Christ burst the dam of what the enemy had built to try and hold back the love of God. And the love, the truth, the mercy, the grace of God came flooding into this earth, came flooding into your life, came flooding into your communities, came flooding into the world, and it cannot be stopped. What was started 2,000 years ago will, be, will continue until the day that Jesus Christ stands on this earth again, ever-increasing floodwaters of God's love and grace invading your life. Lord Jesus, I pray that as we talk around the word today, that the resurrection life of Jesus Christ will become real to us. Holy Spirit, I pray that we would not live the kind of lives that, that are filled with defeat and anxiety, but we would live the kind of lives that are filled with resurrection life. That flood of your goodness, that flood of your love would invade our souls and would explode through us into the world. Lord God, Come and flood us again. Fill us again. Pour out your presence. Reveal yourself. Lord God, we're asking for more of what you've already given. Lord God, we're asking that our souls would be more filled, that our lives would be more of an example of what you've done, Lord. Day in and day out, we ask for ever-increasing glory, ever-increasing love, ever-increasing life. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. So I like, to, I like to think of the cross and Jesus' resurrection as a covert CIA operation. You see, 
we've been speaking about the garden and remember those two trees in the garden and mankind went and ate the tree that God told them specifically not to. And the kind of a picture I have in my mind of that is it's, it's like a father speaking to his children and saying, look at this magnificent playground I've created for you. Jungle gyms, beautiful slides, water features, just every good thing you could ever imagine. Play on all of it. It's all yours. Just don't go and play in the road. Because if you do, you'll die. Just don't play in the road. Because if you do, you will die. And mankind, this rebellious, woeful child, just said, well, what the heck? God must be holding out on me. Listen to the devil and went and played in the road. And the truth is that mankind has built all of our um, significance, our value on being in the road. And the reason God told us not to play in the road was that he could see the cosmic consequences of that disobedience. And coming down the hill is a giant 40-ton truck. Is 40 tons a lot? Okay, it's a very big truck. It's a very big truck coming down the road. And we, mankind is just nonchalantly building houses, making businesses right in the middle of the road. But you see, this, this covert CIA operation is Jesus Christ, God himself, coming down in disguise as mankind, as a human being, seeing the truck on its way to destroy you, to destroy me, and jumping in the path of the truck and saying, take me instead. I'll take the consequences of their sin. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. I'll take it. I just, I just want to pause there because my heart is exploding with joy and gratitude. We didn't even know what was coming our way. We had, we had no idea what our, our rebellion and our self-will and our desire to be in charge of our whole of our own lives was coming what was bring, what it was bringing upon us we had no idea you don't even know the extent of what you've been saved from lord thank you thank you for stepping in the way of that truck thank you for taking the pain the lashings the the disgrace the humiliation the pain. Thank you. Thank you. You see, the, the covert operation didn't end there. Because God described... Sorry, let me start that again. God disguised as a human being was smuggled into the enemy's kingdom. His dead body was, was taken in. The, the devil delighting, I've got him. And into the devil's kingdom. Notice, notice I say not into hell. I'll tell you why. It's because the devil isn't in charge of hell. This, this might shock you. But the devil's kingdom is not hell. The devil is working very hard not to go to hell. His entire operation is to try and take over God's kingdom so he doesn't have to go to hell. He's terrified of it. He doesn't care if you go. But he doesn't want to go there. He doesn't rule from that place. He rules from the imagination of mankind. 
And so Jesus was smuggled into the depths of darkness. His body brought in into the darkest, most cruel, most horrible place of the enemy. And as, as his dead body lay there, the enemy gloating, Holy Spirit breathed into his dead body. And the king of glory stood up, life, love, glory, bursting from him, pushing against that darkness, shattering all that the enemy had built and, and smashing it like, like a clay pot. He came bursting out with his glory. And in that moment, he wasn't just shattering the enemy's kingdom around him, he was shattering the enemy's kingdom around you. You see, while we were playing in the road, we, have, we had given up, left alone, abandoned the authority, the joy, the life that God had given us in that magnificent playground. We had left lying on the ground the keys of authority to rule the earth. We'd left lying on the ground our significance, our meaning. And it was just lying there and the enemy just came and picked it up and he had stashed it in that dark place. So when Jesus was there, he, he burst the bonds of, of darkness, but he grabbed those keys and he came roaring out with mankind's authority in his hands, with mankind's significance in his hands, and he's willing to give it back to you. He went and rescued what you'd lost, and he went and rescued you. Your future punishment and degradation, he took it all. And you see, today I am hoping that that kind of, that kind of life that couldn't be held by any darkness, that when it was confronted with the worst that the enemy could throw at him, the worst bondage, the worst humiliation, simply shrugged it off and burst out with more love, with more life, with more influence, with more grace, with more glory than we had ever seen before. Yeah. And I pray that we would understand that Jesus Christ came and gave that same resurrection life to us. The glory of what he did is that he didn't just do that, but then he came back to his disciples and he said, all authority has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. Baptizing them, teaching them all that I've taught you. In other words, all that I have, all that I have won is yours. Go and change the world. Go and change the world. Go, go breathe, live, explode this life that I'm now putting inside of you into the world. That should make you happy. You're not an accident. You're a living, breathing carrier of the glory of God. Called for such a time as this. As I've said this, I, I hope you are thinking in your own soul, oh my word, there's so much I have. There's so much life that I carry. But then you're probably saying this, but you know, I don't see that every day. I still have problems. Things still get in my way. I still think bad thoughts. 
I suggest perhaps we still do bad things. So why this resurrection life that Jesus Christ has given us that is exploding into the world and in ever increasing glory and changing things and putting them back as they were meant to be. Why does this resurrection life in our, us not always manifest? Have you ever asked that question? When I read the Bible and I see Jesus walking around and people just touching him and getting healed, I'm like, God, why are we not seeing that today? Well, you see this, they're old, they're old living in the road ways that we find in our souls that are, that are pushing back against the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. And the ways in which we behave that actually restrict that resurrection life from exploding out of us. And when Jesus rose again, we're going to jump to Luke 24. When Jesus rose again, he interacted with many different people. And, and angels interacted with many different people that helped them to see where they were pushing back against the gift that God wanted to give them. And I want to talk about three ways that we can, that human beings do resist the resurrection life of God and how we can do the opposite so that the resurrection life of Christ can be manifested in us. So if we jump to Luke 24, it's the woman. Did you, did you know that there was a whole band of women that followed Jesus as his disciples with the disciples? You can read about them in Luke 8. After Jesus was crucified, these women went to the tomb and they were going to anoint Jesus' body with spices, as was the Jewish custom of the time. And so they go there on Easter morning, Sunday morning, and we pick up the story there. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, verse 1, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But, they, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. Those were two angels, by the way. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man may be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. I want to draw your attention to a phrase there. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you seek the living among the dead? Guys, we all want to live. Why do we seek life? from dead places. Why do we seek life from dead places? I want to talk about how we continually go back to empty tombs. Jesus is gone. There's no life there, but we head back to empty tombs. And I want us to, to rather than going to empty tombs, I want us to seek living encounters with the Christ who's risen. Some empty tombs that we see are good things that Christ is not in. What I mean by that is good works without the life of Christ, just doing them on your own. How about relationships or careers that we haven't invited Christ into? We're just trying to make them happen all on our own. Before I knew Christ, I had boyfriends, as girls do. 
thank the Lord. Maybe not daily, but often. That I did not marry any of them. Not because they would have been bad for me. Because I would have been really, really, really bad for them. Because without Christ, I'm a disaster looking for a place to happen. And the truth is they didn't know Christ either, so they were also a disaster looking for a place to happen. Imagine two disasters getting married. Imagine what would have happened. And we see it all over the world. You see, relationships without Christ end up in disaster. They're empty tombs, and we try to seek life in many places, but Christ isn't there. And even though they are good things on their own, they will harm us. And then, on the other hand, there are some just darn darn bad things that we try to get life from. They're never going to be good. Christ's never going to be in them. But they give us a quick fix, fix of enjoyment, and so we run to them. Empty tombs, places of death that we are trying to get a life from. I put some examples on there. Surely these are not a full, full list, but you can make up your own thing. How about substance abuse, adultery, pornography, places that we run to to get a quick fix? And yet Christ is not there. And they become not only an empty tomb, but that stone rolls over behind us and we find ourselves trapped in an endless an endless charade of pretending we're getting a life and getting a quick fix, but then being more and more in bondage over and over again. So instead of empty tombs, let's seek living encounters with, the, with Christ that turns everything good. Take the opportunity to be loved by God. Resist the lef- lesser loves. My story goes like this. is. Um, Growing up, I was a dancer, believe it or not, way back when, and uh, every dancer wants to be thinner. It's just, just the way you are. So we, we eat what we want to, and then we go and throw up. It's just it's the way dancers live. And I remember one day um, partaking in this ritual, eating disorders all over the place, and going to the, the fridge for another slice of chocolate cake. And chocolate cake's a good thing, let me tell you. Came straight from heaven. But that, as I took a bite of that chocolate cake, I heard Jesus say this to me. You just missed an opportunity to be loved by me. How well is that cake loving you? And you see these empty tombs or attempts at human beings to get love, to get significance, to get meaning, to get a sense of belonging, joy. But they lesser loves. And Jesus is asking us to choose the higher love, which is him. Not the empty tomb of these lesser loves. So right after that, Jesus uh, goes walking along the road and he finds two men walking along the road discussing all that has happened. That this man that we thought would be our Messiah has been crucified and now we hear a woman talking that they've seen his empty tomb and they're discussing and they're trying to work it out and they're having this conversation and Jesus comes across them and interacts with them two men on the road to Emmaus Luke 24 from verse 13 
That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about how all these things that had happened, about all these things that had happened, excuse me. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him, and he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. I want you to notice, what is that conversation you are holding with each other as you walk? My friends, what you say and the conversations you have in your head will determine how much resurrection life you are able to attain. How much resurrection life you are able to live out. You see, while they were having the conversation without Jesus, it was just trapping them in fruitless discussion. But when Jesus joined them, everything changed. Everything changed. You see, Proverbs tells us, oh, sorry, we grew, talking about dead conversations versus rhema talks. Rhema is the, is the word for God's word, but it means the living, active word that touches your soul. It's like when you're reading the Bible, it speaks to you. When Jesus speaks to you on a daily basis, those encounters with the living Christ through his word. We can either live in dead conversations or we can live in a conversation in which Christ is infusing what we say and what we think with his life. You know, I remember the story of a friend who was battling with depression and anxiety a number of years back. This, this man was wrecked with endless health issues. And the one day, he was at his psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist was a Christian, and he, he said to him, you know, I could give you more medication, or we could try another tack. We could examine your conversations, your internal conversations you're having with yourself, the narratives that are running through your mind, and the conversations you are having with other people. What are you declaring out of your mouth about yourself and about your life on a daily basis? Because I knew this person, I could attest to the fact that this person was extremely negative about everything. He hated his job. He hated the relationship he was in. He hated everything it was always wrong and bad and and he was always the victim of these terrible things that were happening to him and after that visit to the psychiatrist he changed everything he started to change the way he spoke about everything about the country about his job about who he was and slowly that began to influence the way he thought about those things because it forced him to find the good in those moments and start speaking about them. And over time, there was this change in his soul. And before you knew it, I, th I think it was approximately two weeks, he began to notice that his physical ailments began to ease. Over a period of months, they just got better and better until you could finally come off his medication and just live a normal life. And if you're ever around this person, 
Today, you, you will find him speaking positively, even about things that I don't think he should be. And because he's learned a secret, that proverb says, is that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. You see, how we speak and how we think will influence how much resurrection life we can exhibit, we can appropriate, we can have for ourselves. Because sometimes our words are working against the goodness of God. Sometimes our conversations are working against the goodness of God. Sometimes our thought life and our confessions are working against the goodness of God. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You see, when we allow God's voice through his Bible to define what we think about ourselves and our world, when we allow it to define how we interact with people, the conversations we have, without denying the evil that is around us, but speaking God's future vision and plan for that, we will see a transformation as the resurrection life of Christ explodes through us into the world. The last interaction Jesus had with those same gentlemen Sorry, we're going to give life a chance by speaking what is good, true, and loving. The last interaction he had with those, those gentlemen went like this. He was still on the road with him, and he'd explained everything. And Well, he, he had, he'd gone to have um, food with them, and there was a whole interaction. You can go and read it. But he says to them in verse 25, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ would suffer these things and enter into his glory? I want you to notice that Christ spoke of a, a kind of pathway he would have to walk that went through suffering into glory on the other side. And that they were unwilling to, to really recognize that perhaps this was, the, this was the way of the kingdom. This was the way of salvation. I want to talk about the last way that we allow resurrection life to explode from our lives. is instead of living to die, we die to live. And what does this mean? It simply means that we leave the little empire that we have built on the road. We leave the value that we have found in being a big shot on the road. That road that God told us not to play on. We leave the personal wealth or prestige that we've built up there and we step out of that back into God's plan. We die to those things and we live to the things of Christ. You see, Jesus modeled a way for us that involved his life not being about him. His, his life being about the glory and the love of Christ, the love of God being revealed to the world through him. 
And when we take ourselves off the throne and we allow Christ Jesus to step onto the throne, we die to ourselves and we live for eternity. And you know when you initially do it, it feels hard. Those, it feels like a sacrifice. But when you get to the other side, you realize it was no sacrifice to give what you could not keep to gain what you cannot lose. You realize that the joy on the other side, the glory on the other side is so much greater than what you gave up. And my friends, I'm talking about not even in eternity that you'll realize this. You'll realize it tomorrow. As life, as resurrection life begins to explode in your every day. When the power of God becomes more and more evident in the things you do. Because you've chosen his way and not your way. Because you've said yes to him and no to those ridiculous desires that have been trying to take you back to those empty tombs. You see, the way of life in the kingdom is to lay down your life so that he can give you his. This is the way of the kingdom. In Luke 9, Jesus said this, if anyone would come after me, after me, sorry, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the angels. My friends, it is no sacrifice to give up what you cannot keep, what was not yours in the first place, and to receive that which you cannot lose, which can never be taken from you, the glory and the life of Christ. Thank you. Next slide. Save your life. Follow Christ through the cross. Save your life. Follow Christ through the cross. Step off the road. Give back the fruit. Say, Lord Jesus, would you take over this area of my life? Would you take over my life? And would you be not only Lord of, of my life, but Lord of the incidences every day? Lord of my interaction with my boss tomorrow. Lord of my marriage. Lord of my family. Thank you, Lord. It is in that place that life comes. In conclusion, choose the higher love, life, and truth of Christ by resisting lesser loves, believing the word, and preferring Christ's way. Resurrection life is yours, my friends. Do not listen to the world's coercion to try and get you to live less than what he's won for you. My friends, resurrection life is yours. That same life that burst the bonds of sickness, death, and calamity through Jesus Christ is your portion. Don't accept a lesser love, a lesser inheritance. This is yours. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Lord, so many of us find ourselves trapped in this daily routine of 
of going to lesser loves, of going to empty tombs, of conversations that are dead, of preferring ourselves above Christ's way and finding ourselves in, in arguments, in distress, in anxiety. Lord Jesus, we don't wanna be those people. We wanna be the kind of people that live your life on a daily basis. We wanna be the kind of people, Lord God, that walk into a room and people are set free. Holy Spirit, I dare to say that we wanna be those kind of people that when people touch our clothes, they healed. Holy Spirit, we wanna carry that kind of resurrection life. Holy Spirit, you gave it freely. Then there's nothing, there is no barrier between you and us. The veil has been torn, the debt has been paid, it is finished. Holy Spirit, the only barrier between that and what we have now is our own insecurities, our own lies, our own ignorance, our own willful unwillingness to give up those lesser loves. Holy Spirit, come and help us. Holy Spirit, I ask for everyone here Lord Jesus, I, I dare to ask that we would be resurrection life carriers. We are those, but that it would explode through our lives. Lord God, I dare to ask that each person here would see miracles. I, I dare to ask that each person here would walk into a room and, and light would switch on in the minds of the people there because of the kingdom of God that comes with us. Holy Spirit, come and do this. Come and do this. Come and do this. My friends, I want to take a moment where we, and this is business between you and Jesus. I just want to, I want you to just take time. As I've been speaking, some things have, coming, have come to you where, where you, have, you realize you have, you've been putting barriers in the way of God's resurrection life. And I want to ask that right now, you just come before Him and repent. Just say, God, truly, this is what I've been doing. But Lord God, I don't want to do it anymore. I need your grace to change. I need your grace to come upon me. I need a living encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. I need the power of your presence in this area. So just between you and the Lord, go ahead and do that. There's no condemnation. We are all human. We've all battled these things. We all continually battle these things. But there is grace. There is resurrection power that if we just yield to it, if we just turn to it, if we just say yes to it, we'll break the bonds of those things. As we live in community, as we talk about them honestly, as we bring them out into the light, we will be free. We will be free. We will be free and all that is one for us will be ours thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord and then church I'm gonna ask if you will stand together ask 
if there's anyone here and you you just need to surrender your life to Jesus you know that you don't carry that resurrection life and you want to your biggest barrier that you've been placing is you haven't been willing to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in a public way and you would like to do that now I'm going to ask if that's you, if we can just bow our heads. If you'd like to do that, just so that I can see you, so that I can pray with you. Is there anyone who would like to do that? Would like to commit their lives to Jesus, would like to say, Jesus Christ, I want you as Lord and Savior of my life. I want to live in the possibility of this resurrection life. Thank you for taking the consequences of my sin, of my rebellion, of my self-will. And I ask that you would save me. Is there anyone who would like to do that? Please would you raise your hand if you would like to do that because I would like to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Can we all just pray this together, church? Can we just say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender to you. Thank you for your work on the cross. Lord Jesus, would you save me? And would you set me free? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? Great men and women, if you, would, if, if you feel like you just need help with your walk with the Lord, you want to move on in Christ, you want just more of what He has, on, if you go to the info table, there's a, a, a form that talks about next steps, taking your next step in Christ, making a commitment to, to walk more in His ways, etc., to do the next things that are there. Won't you, won't you just go ahead and just stop off at the info table, get one of those forms? Um, I believe they're also in the visitor's lounge. Visitors Lounge and Info Table, you can just fill that in and someone will get hold of you and we will help you with your next steps in Christ. Before we go, three weeks time, 8th of May, we are having Africa and Plope here preaching two services. Such a great man of God and with such a great um, perspective from an African context. Any kind of person will do well to listen to him, hear him, um, see his perspective. He'll be talking about um, leadership from an African perspective in the first service and he will doing a, being, doing a different, ser different sermon in the second um, service talking about African spirituality versus Christian spirituality or the, the differences, the similarities, what that means. So if you have friends who would be interested in that, please bring them along. Um, you can stay for two services or you can just be in one service. It's going to be a great, great moment of celebrating um, the wisdom of God in our African context. Love you all. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. God bless you. Have a glorious Easter. Don't eat too much chocolate, but just eat just the right amount. Love you all. God is with you. If you need prayer for anything, please come to the front. We would love to pray for you. Otherwise, have a glorious, glorious week. God bless you.